0: This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by the Finish Line Script Competition. In its sixth year, the Finish Line Script Competition is the only script competition run by ex-literary managers. Six plus pages of actionable development notes are available to you or you can submit your script as is. Scripts can be rewritten and resubmitted for free anytime throughout the competition. Over 40 mentors read and meet with the winners and the competition staff itself works with many semifinalists on getting their material read throughout the industry. They are here to help writers succeed by improving your script along the way and making sure you get opportunities when your material is ready. So check out what's happening at finishlinescriptcomp.com. Now open for submissions. i
1: say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the rain room Be a writer, well you gotta be a writer Till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the benders got me stressed In the red room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes pull a kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier. He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening You're penning words all like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want
2: Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters' Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? Amber. Wakanda forever. Yeah. <laughs> y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, crafts, and shit like that. A uh, little disclaimer, Lisa DeBola Kaja may come in, I'm not sure. And I know Chris is supposed to come in at some point, so we'll see them in a moment. But in the meantime, we got my girl, emerging writer herself, Amber Brown, in the building. <laughs> hey,
3: guys. What's going on, girl?
2: I'm good. Yeah. You're looking cute with your little braids and stuff. I, see
3: <laughs> I just got them done yesterday.
2: <laughs> Look, looking like a girl, me. I see you.
3: I know. I need, to, I need to like pop up a little bit though.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. but you don't like it too tight. It's, it's when the well, hair braids it starts to yeah, loosen up. Yeah, like,
3: like the natural bit just to come out with right. more lived in.
2: Got it. I understood. Yeah, I know. You know, because when I wear my braids, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> is that is that the? Oh, that's the cat sleeping on the bed. Is yeah. I thought it was a dog. <laughs> look at look. No. She's gonna look around now. Look, talking about what y'all talking about.
3: <laughs>
2: there it is. What's the cat's name?
3: Uh, Precious.
2: Precious. Okay. Cute.
3: Uh,
2: awesome. Hey Amber, you don't have any, any headsets or anything, do you?
3: I don't. Not <laughs> okay. for my
2: computer. All right, you're fine. We'll make it work. Um, so, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about plans and goals and all that stuff like that. But while I have you on, Amber, um, I was just thinking about this as we were getting on a moment ago. And I was like, wow, I met you what, like three years ago, maybe? Something like that.
3: That was actually only last year, March.
2: It was three, four years ago. Um, you was like three or four years old. Uh, <laughs> something like that. No. But I feel like you and your sister came and sat in, uh, in, the, rant, in the writer's room in the, rat, in the rant room with us at my office and you know we chopped it up and had you guys on the show um, I feel like you came more than once but I, I know it was at least once that's for sure um, it was
3: a least once yeah? yeah
2: for sure and, and I remember you guys like had all these goals and plans and things you wanted to do and I've noticed like since then like now you've been signed you know let's just talk a little bit about how that stuff happened for you because I don't think we got into that before
3: um well, I haven't I haven't actually been signed yet, but um, I've been having a lot of meetings, but like this year was kind of a year of a lot of meetings happened, but nothing panned from it, or it could have been for two reasons that I just didn't feel like it was the right fit, mm-hmm. or it just didn't pan out. Right. Um, but I, I know when I met you, like, I actually um, met you, like, the weekend no like Sunday. So like I came out here on a Friday. So I met you like two days after I came out here. Was but that then, what it was? so after that, really? I, yeah. <laughs> I literally flew in on Friday morning, settled in foot Saturday and then saw That's you on Sunday. Amazing. That was like my second day literally ever in LA, ever in California, ever on the West Coast. Like so <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was just kinda like a weird dream surreal sensation. Like a lot of stuff happened. Right. But um I do know probably like a week after that I started like my day job and I'm working at a small boutique talent agency. And so then I did that. And then I started working for Felicia pride and I'm still with her. Um, and she's a writer on Grey's Anatomy. Um, and so, yeah, so she actually has been helping me like shape up my goals for twenty. um,
2: for twenty twenty
3: one. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, representation is still a goal, but we're also discussing, like, that, because own start thinking about how we can get that ball rolling. Like, you need to make something, um, make a short, let people see what you do, use that as your calling card. So, like, yep. now I'm starting to think about that and, like, what the planning is for that to happen.
2: Well, like, I think, I think it's i think it's super smart i remember when we had felicia on the show one of the things we talked about that i loved about her um what's her film called again I'm forgetting off the top of my tinder. head. tinder tinder yes um one of the things i loved about it besides it being executed very well um is that it showed she did the same thing i did in my first short mm-hmm. um you know 10 years ago now i'm progressed to movies and all kind of shit yeah. but, um, the interest, what you do, I always tell writers this if you're going to make a short film, make something contained, right? Yeah. If you think about her film, it pretty much all takes place in that room in the bathroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in the living room, you know. in yeah. that, you And know. it was like, yeah. yeah. And that was like super duper smart. So I'm always telling writers, and it's the same thing for you, when you're thinking about the project you're going to write, focus on. Mm-hmm. The resources you can get, don't write it and then go, oh, now I need it. So <laughs> yeah. what if it works in this? Oh, a friend of mine has a cool apartment. A friend of mine has a cool car, whatever the thing is, get then write toward that stuff. You know, yeah. otherwise you're going to backtrack and you're going to have to cut everything that you loved. Yeah. You know that's, what I mean? what
3: I'm, that's what i'm like doing the planning now that's what i'm trying to take into consideration like what do i have what do i have access to who could lend me something or whatever right. um and mainly uh like about the location like i have like um a small ish feature that i always thought i would direct and i'm like oh but part of this could be a short that could be the intro to this but then i'm just like i canceled it out because like four locations and like I'm not doing that. So I'm thinking how to change that, how to work it. So yeah, I'm definitely keeping that into consideration like a lot. Like that's like the top thing that I'm like considering.
2: Right. I mean and to me, and I also say it's also worth, you know, um like you said you have a feature version of something else. So you could also make a proof of concept of that. But it's hard to show the world if the world is bigger than just what you have. Right. You know what I mean?
3: Still relatively small. Um, it's more of a like an emotional story than a bigger because usually I like to do like thrillers and all and stuff like that. But this one it has like a a big reveal twist, so that goes along with what I like to think of as like a cornerstone of my writing. So mm-hmm. it still has that, but it's not going to be with guns and explosions and all this crazy stuff. Right. So, um, but yeah, so I, I've, I've been trying to think just how to make things. I was on set with Leisha. a one-day shoot, just this one big space that had a bathroom, a living room, and a bedroom. So it was just, like, super easy to change, and the time was good. It just flowed. So I'm definitely, like, taking that out of her book. Like, I want it to be as contained as possible.
2: Yeah, like, my project that I did, my first one, is called Troublesome. And it took place on a subway train between Mm -hmm. a therapist and his client. Mm -hmm. And they're the only two people on the train. And yeah. so, and at first I had written all this other stuff that happened, how they mm-hmm. got to the train, all this other stuff. And I'm like, wait, I don't need any of that. All we have to do is start on the train and we'll back up and understand how they got there, mm-hmm. you know? So it mm-hmm. turns out they're inside of a tunnel, you know, and the, tun- the the train had just got stuck inside the tunnel. And they're the only two people trapped on the, on the thing. Right. And it becomes this therapy session gone wrong. Right. And... Mm-hmm. And the big reveal is that the therapist had it set up the entire time. You know, he knows the, the, the conductor, mm-hmm. so he was able to get him to stop the train mm-hmm. in the middle of the tunnel and yeah. let him have this session to get the, 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 um, his client to reveal his inner demon, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, well, I mean, that technical. moved it to, so well for I mean, It got critically acclaimed. It did all these things. And it opened doors for me to start producing other people's projects. They are like, how did you get a subway train? How did you get a star in your movie? You know, how did you get all these things? And I was just I, thinking, like,
3: that. how did you get a subway
2: train? <laughs> um, it took a long time. Chris, Chris and I talk. Hey, Chris. Chris What's there up, just came on. Um, how you doing? Amber and I are talking about um, plans and goals and stuff. And she works with Felicia Pride. And uh-huh. she was talking about how Felicia... Um, has her, you know, trying to make like her own short film right now, you know, to like be her own boss and to like, you know, make her career and have something substantial as opposed to just a script, which is something we talk about all the time, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, So I was just off. talking
0: with Felicia. Like her birthday was like I think Thursday yeah, yeah. or something like that, like Wednesday or Thursday. I just right. give her a shout out, you know. And you know, I I forgot to tell her how much I loved her movie Tender.
2: Oh, so uh, good.
0: Could be, could, I guess when she was on early in the year, I wasn't, was I missed it? But I and, and I hadn't talked to her in, like, probably all year. But yeah. I, but you know what? I thought I saw her like a couple weeks ago. I was at the DMV getting oh. my car handled, and, and, and I saw this. Um, and and I, I'm pretty sure I saw her like she was in a Porsche SUV. And I was like, Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. oh, oh, like a uh, Felicia Roland. I see you. I know she's doing this. I was like, you know. Hey, Lisa. Hey. I I meant to hit her up that day, and then I started to email, I got, I got uh, distracted by stuff with my show, which is crazy.
4: (laughs) Hey, so we got Chris Derrick and Lisa Bolakaja just came on. Yes. What's up? Hey, just having a little lower back pain. I'm trying to adjust my little back thing. Went went walking the other day. Went to the grocery store with my sister because we try to load up on everything, you know, Mm. for the holidays and to get us through, like, the first half of, like, January, mm-hmm. and, like, I stepped off a curve or something, and just kind of, you know how I just kind of, like, step a little wrong, uh, and yeah. you feel that little tightening, and it's like, it was fine the other day, and now it's like, okay, now I'm feeling it. <laughs> 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 so, literally, when I get this call, I have my big giant, what do you call it, the big exercise ball, so I'm going to roll it up against my back and kind of do some little squats against the wall, so I'm like, ooh, so if you see me, like, cut to the video real quick, it's because I'm grimacing. <laughs> 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 and then and then i'll pop the camera back on it's like ooh, that hurts
0: <laughs> so, I, so
4: I heard you and
2: your sister went to the grocery store and were twerking in the aisle listen and that's what happened
4: <laughs> <laughs> just admit it no we were being good we were being good we <laughs> went to a different we went to a, a different store like we always go to our tr- trader joe's and like um my sister likes to go to Walmart because they have like the salad thing that she likes, and then um, normally I go to like Albertsons or something like that. But we went to like Food for Less, and what I did not know about Food for Less was that you have to like pack your own bags yourself.
2: Yeah, that's what I so
4: like- you know, so they have like good name, but like they had a lot of stuff that I wanted, and so I'm sitting there talking to the woman at the thing, and oh, how are you doing? How are your family holding up? And I'm sitting there, and then she's looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and then I realize, oh. Oh, I'm
2: That's your job. It's your job. That's why it's
0: cool for a <laughs> left. It's your
2: job. That's hilarious. You were just standing uh, there for five minutes.
4: Right? Yeah. And I'm like, so is are we just having a good friendship moment and we're bonding? Or and I realized when I looked to my left and saw like other people looking at me like, Yeah, what are you doing? It's like oh. And and you're supposed to bring your own bag sometimes. Oh. Right? No, some people used to, they don't do it anymore. They they give you the bags now. Uh, so <laughs> But I realized I am good. The only thing I need to work on is my Trader Joe's, because Trader Joe's, they know how to like organize stuff like Tetris.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah So <laughs> when
4: I was at Food for Less I was not as skillful And uh, just a note to self uh, Cans of yams Do not go well with your intimate Donuts No Because <laughs> cause when you get those glazed donuts home Sometimes they don't retain the shape uh, Oh, it's too heavy
1: <laughs> It'll be it's
4: broken nasty. I say, like, oh, I'll it in there Get in there Oh, so they became like Instead of donuts, they became donuts <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so hi Amber. Let's get into it. Like yeah, our, So we
2: our, were we were Amber and I were talking. Um,
0: back a second. Back in a second. Oh, okay.
2: We were talking about um, <clears throat> plans and goals since mm-hmm. it's toward the end of the year. You know, we just we usually do an episode about that. Right. Right. Um, so she was talking about how Felicia Pride was telling her, you know, um, some of the things. Well, you go ahead and reiterate um, for Amber.
3: We're just talking about basically my ultimate goal is to be a writer-director. And so she's like, well, why don't we start a plan of how to get you there? And the first step should be to, you know, make a calling card, which will be a short film. And so we were just thinking, like, you know, and me and Hillary were just talking about how, you know, doing something contained is, like, the best thing you can do. And, and so I was, like, going through some of my scripts and seeing, because I have this one feature that's um, pretty small, And I thought, oh, I'll just take out. And it's, like, based on a relationship, that's the main focus. So it's really character-driven. So I'm, like, this will be the best thing to do. And um, so we were just trying to, like, I was trying to massage it and trying to see, like, how can I make this as contained as possible just in, I'm thinking, like, one house, it works for Mm -hmm. this one. Um, And then just thinking about my resources and what I do have, I was just, like, making a list of, like, who I can ask for a favor, things like that.
2: That's exactly what you'd have to do, especially on that first one, you know, is to find those resources. And um, it, it was actually one of my strengths, which is why um, I'm working my way up in the last, you know, 10 years of doing over 20 something projects. There was a time when my husband, and I've talked to myself on the show before, my husband was the, um, the president of the Neighborhood Council in Hollywood. So that meant that he knew every owner of every store, every mm-hmm. building, or whatever. So I would be like, "Man, I need a, I need a building that has like a 360 view of the Hollywood sign." He'd like, "Oh, my friend owns a building at blah blah blah." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I would be like, "Ooh, maybe we could get that." But the problem is, you use it in one movie, you can't do it again because mm-hmm. you can't. It's no longer a favor. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> As, as Chris and I learned with the project we did with Architects of Crime, we needed another one that had a roof and all. So now we had to go downtown and pay for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but but it helped initially that I was able to help you know younger um, um, or even emerging you know filmmakers get their projects done because I was able to help them get locations they never would be able to get. You know, certain restaurants or different things. You know that that I was able to make the money, the the budget look like it was really expensive. You know. So-
0: so right. like here's my suggestion because I might do another short right now, these guys at the acting um, at the acting class that I teach at um, they asked me to direct something, and mm. I kind of feel like you shouldn't pull something from your short I mean from your feature you should like you should create something that there's two things that you should be considering when you're doing d- directing stuff. It's like, how do I want to, you know, like be known if I do this on right. card? So if I want to be known as someone who does like, you know, like really intimate dramas, you know, then you should create one that is, you know, that can solely center its own for that. And then people, people like, will see, oh, you have that in your movie, but it shouldn't be from your movie. It should be its own thing. Or you should say to yourself, "I want to do something that's like, you know, that's directing something. I mean, l- like, like, the, like that's a really strong point of view as a director in terms of like, in, t- in terms of like, like the, the visual component of it. So then you want to like decide what that is. Perhaps that's something that's got no dialogue or very li- very minimal dialogue. Like I remember, like when I was at USC, they at this at the summer thing, they don't let you shoot with dialogue because mm. because they want you to understand like you know, like the term about something is cinematic is 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 um is uh is thrown around all, all the time, but what but and and it's misused by like ninety percent of the people. But what they're really trying to mm. say to you is can you tell your story in pictures only? Can I watch it without the sound and understand what's going on? Yeah, the classic um, hit,
4: like the classic Hitchcock. Like you should yeah, be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah because the thing, you know the thing that like you know because the thing you know there's certain certain guys who watch your movie even today. Like I've heard that Steven Spielberg when he watches people's work of new people, he turns the sound off to watch it. You mm-hmm. know, it, it 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 so because he wants to see. Can you tell me this? You know, do you understand the language of cinema, which is not the language of 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 like writing dialogue and stuff like that. It's a different thing. So, 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 so there's, that the, there's, there's that you can consider too, you know? Or you can say to yourself, I'm trying to be someone, you know, because a lot of times when, they, when, when you come into to direct like say television, they ask you, the executives ask you, so what's your style? Or, you know, you know like what turns you on? And it might be like, well, working with actors turns me on, like that's why I really get excited about the whole process. So if, that, if so if, if that's what turns you on, then the piece you do should be something that's, you know, that is got some great kind of is like this is a lot of type of acting in it. You know, like maybe it's not because if you do like some intimate drama, it's a very specific type of acting. You know, but if but if you're gonna do you know like just just like like all the fireworks and shit like that, then you know that's a different piece to write. You know, like I just did a scene from August Wilson's The Piano Lesson in the class. And it's like a great little scene because it's like, the wait, which, tramp- which, which what's what scene did you do? Oh, it's, it's the scene where it's it's Bernice and Boy Willie are arguing about the piano when she starts talking to you know, and and it gets to the accusation that that Boy Willie got her um, husband killed. Yeah, got her husband. Okay, killed. gotcha. Yeah. Okay, it's okay like, gotcha. Like it was it in the back gotcha. two or something like that? Gotcha. And gotcha. It's gotcha. Just, and, and you know, and, and Boy Willie has this like. Full page monologue. You know, like for me to understand it, I went and I took the, this, the play, which is a written in a different format than a screenplay, and I retyped it so I could kind of like I like mess around with it that way. So it made more sense to me as a filmmaker. And and, oh, okay. you know, and his speech is a fucking full page. <laughs> full page. No breaks. But it's great because you look at it, and you go, oh, he's got like he's being satirical. He's he's teasing her. He's being angry. There's there's so many like like emotional. Things he goes through. That's why it was great to do that scene. So I'm just saying, it's because there's like there's various things that's, you know that you should look at when trying to decide what you want to do as a calling card piece, as opposed to I want to take a scene from my movie and and make that because because it might be cool. That's just yeah, I think I think
2: you said the most important thing, Chris. That's one thing that writers forget um, when they write a script, and they forget this when they direct a project is that that is the thing that people are going to remember you for. You know, I think that's super duper important and and it may not be you. It might've just been the thing that you wrote because, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I hear hear where you're going with that. It's like, if you're going to use that today, you know, as the thing that you want to go out with festivals and all that, it's got to be a part of you to show the type of writer you are, the type of filmmaker you are, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I agree with that. You
0: know, one one last thing, I mean, and also you also might want to make a statement, Mm. you know, like some sort of strong statement. So therefore you're not really going for like, I'm doing actors. or I'm trying to be the flashy guy. I'm trying to make a story that's like saying something about the world at large. And then that gives you a lot more freedom of how you're going to film it because it's like, I'm not trying to put myself in a box, you know, like the piece that these guys asked me to do, you know, like, It's basically these two men, it takes place in in like a car, you know, like a like an Uber. And it's basically these two men are having this conversation about it's an older guy in his fifties and a young guy in his twenties, about like how the dating scene has changed, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, like with that generational gap and with the rise of porn. And with the rise of like, you know, like the whole thing with like with Me Too and mm. and and this whole thing about consent and everything like that, like and and I, and I was like, this is dope because no one was talking about this. Right. Like, th- like there's a conversation that men have amongst themselves in response to all of that, but it's not on screen yet.
2: It's a generation gap, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so so something like yeah. that that you could do too. You know, so. Yeah.
2: I mean, and even that is complicated. You know, As you know, it's difficult to shoot anything driving in a car.
0: Well, you know. I told them, I said, if we do this, we, we, it's all on a stage. We're going to do the whole thing in the soundstage. i get it. Because, yeah. uh, you know, because I shot that movie I did uh, a long time ago, Fuck You, Pay Me. Mm-hmm. And we had, like, a flying car in it, and we shot it on a green <laughs> screen. We shot it on, like, a green screen stage right. inside the thing. But since then, you know, the technology to shoot... Uh, you know, you know, there's 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 ways to do this kind of like this real time type of rendering or or playback of the the backgrounds so that so that it looks really cool. And, I, and there's so much conversation that I was like, it's too much to try to shoot it like driving. Because yeah. I said, like, be cool to like, it'd be cool to get a shot where I'm on the driver, a, a side view, and I and I and I and I rack down to the passenger. I was like, oh, right. yeah, if we get a dolly, we can do that. But I can't really do that if I'm driving a car, you know. <laughs> no. um, so it's just but you know i mean and it also makes it a little easier because then i can control like I, that's the thing too you, you think about too when you're filmmaking is like how do i make it as easy as possible for me to get what i want yeah. and i realize that if i'm trying to shoot like alive on a car it's like a lot of work just to do the car work and i'm not concerned and, I, and i'm and i'm splitting my focus between the performance the production aspect, of it because that's always your what you're balancing as the director is like, okay, I got all these questions, I got to deal with the lights, I got to deal with this, blah, 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 blah. the camera people, and the makeup people, and everyone, everyone. And it's like, but I just need to tell the story with the actors. How do and you, you balance that? And then it's like, how much time do I have? Like, those are the things that you worry about. So sure. I, I was like, if I shoot it on a on a on a stage, it'd be, you know, like I'll have more ability to get better shots or come up with shots on the. On the way, go oh, moving, moving. move, in, move in, just, you know, where you can't necessarily do that if you're driving. Um, if you're driving, you know, I mean, you could with more money, but I don't have the money. So
2: yeah, because I've, I've done it where you're sitting, and you're, you know, you've done it too, Chris. You're in the car and you're like tucked in the back or in the station yeah, wagon, yeah, in the back yeah. everybody's bit down. If you're like, to, you're all curved, horrible. Like, you're trying to watch the screen all so, and you're like, your
0: back is fucking <laughs> up, and you're like, as oh, that good performance, <laughs> I don't know because I can't. My back yeah. hitting me too much. You're getting distracted yeah. by bullshit, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then you got the perfect cut and somebody rides up with their music loud. It's like, there's it's, always something. It's all shit. Always so,
0: so, so oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, so, I mean, but look, I think what Th- Felicia's telling you is the right thing to do. And I feel like it's a great time for, you know, young women filmmakers because the industry is kind of like bending over backwards to give you opportunities to do stuff. I mean... You know, there was a fr- there's a friend of mine he had been on the show, um, Erica Watson. Mm-hmm. You know, she'd never directed a feature, and she directed a couple, maybe five or six short films. She went to USC. She had a, her her thesis film, like, it played maybe in 40 festivals, but I don't think it played in, like, in any of the big festivals. Yeah, it was in Cannes. Well, um... Well, it was in Cannes. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't in competition, but she took it there... But it was just a short, and then she, you know, then right in the wake, right in the wake of that, the Me Too thing, uh, Ryan Murphy put together this th- this thing where he was like, I'm gonna, you know, like select like ten like ten women directors and 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 just as like a workshop, and she was one of the, the first people in that, and then I mean, she's like directing all social issues. Like right now, she's in, she's in Florida right now doing. Half the season,
2: yeah. She's, she's doing like six episodes of some, yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. She's
0: doing six episodes of um, David Makes Man, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, she's and she's probably done like 20 episodes of t- television in the last three or four years. It's crazy, so, man. uh, I mean, the industry is opening up for you, but P- particularly yes. black women, from what I've seen. Because going in got her thing on her just did a directing thing on This Is Us, yep. um, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the woman who did. Candyman, which I think that's her second feature. She got tapped to do Captain Marvel too. She's a black woman. So there's just like a great, I mean, there's just, this is a great opportunity right now, so. Mm -hmm.
4: Awesome. And they're doing more interesting things too. Let's just put it out there. I'm just putting it out there. Cause (laughs) you know, a different voice, a different vision and like literally a lot of the stuff that I've been watching, whether it's on Netflix, Amazon or YouTube and stuff. When I go and do my little IMB search, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, it's a sister, you know, and it's global. So, you know, a lot of the more creative things that I'm more interested in, I don't know what it is. They're just tapping into something that people are just more interested in. Or maybe we're just tired of just the same old, same old yeah. visions that have been coming out. So, um, Amber, you're pretty much <laughs> you're 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 ready to go and, and people are 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 ready to see it. So this is like an mm-hmm. opportune moment for for directors, you know, black yeah, kind of directors. I mean, it's
0: interesting because I remember I was watching them. Um... Queen and Slim. I was watching Queen and Slim, mm-hmm. just like in the wake of the George Floyd uh, protests, you know. So maybe it was like in June or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it, and I, you know, like, what's her name? Like, uh, I forget the woman's name. Like, um, Nina? The, the, Oh, the director. The director, the woman who, the woman who directed it. She had, she had done some stuff from like Beyonce and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, the thing that you see from. You know, from black women directors is because they're very entrenched in like color and style in their own life, it just Mm -hmm. feeds over into their filmmaking. You know what? Whereas like the vision you see from like a lot of white guys is it's a very, Mm -hmm. you know, like dry, bland type of view. You know, like, I, I, like, like, I'm gonna get on it again because it's, just, it's, I, I can't get over it yet. It is you know, I'm four episodes in on Queen's Gambit, and I'm like, yeah, this is a good story. Has it gotten better for you, by the way? It's no, it's oh, still helps.
3: like, oh, <laughs> like, oh well, still I have it. to agree with Chris. Me and my sister didn't love it the way everybody else is. Yeah. We were like, it's good. It was it's visually good. stunning, and we loved, well, I love like the chess. It's exciting, but I don't know. The story was just like, first of all, it just seemed like she got everything she wanted. She was just winning every time. She never faced any obstacles. It just, we weren't getting the story like, well, it kind of, like, it was amazing that they made it, but it, we, we just was
0: like, "Uh, I'm not, like, in it or something. No, you're right. I thought, we, like,
2: chess wasn't her issue. It was everything else.
0: No, but, you know, yeah, yes, yeah. but I get that. But the the problem is, this, this is my thing. I think you get it exactly right, is that she doesn't really face any obstacles. Like to, like, to me, when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, the main thing in this is, this is a book that shouldn't have been... As many episodes as it was. It, well, like this could have been a really good movie. And obviously that guy wrote for you, you, you know, but 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 to me but to me visually it's bland. Visually it's a bland yeah. piece because it feels like it, it there's a it's it, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a style to it that has taken over what you see on like a lot of Netflix shows and just kind of it, like I could but, see you know what
1: but, it's not
4: but kind of I'm I am i gonna insert myself in here. That blandness Added to that it's, story. is what Black women are bringing to their work when they're doing things visually. They're, they're inserting a lot of cultural things that gives a richness to it. And I think the blandness of the Queen's gamut is important because I feel like it was such a white world that they were in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the aesthetic worked for the story because it is a very bland, white I'm not saying cultureless, I'm just saying that there's something about it that worked for that particular character's world and the people she was raised around. And that's why I think Black women are bringing something a little bit different because even when you mention like Queen and Slim, uh, even when you mention, you know, or we talk about things that have been popular and been popping for a while, like Insecure, or if we talk about um, Michaela Cole and York or, you know, any other of the Black women that are bringing certain things. And that's why I'm looking forward to seeing what this new um, uh, Candyman is going to be. There's just something that Black women bring that, that adds layers to something, you know? And like, you can look at a shot and it could be the scene, it could be giving you like, you know, extraneous information, but visually there's just something a lot going on that makes me want to go back and look at it again and resonate and sit with it for a little bit. No no, I, no, no, I, no. I, I that. And I think that's a gift. Um, black people in general, gift. Because for give you another example, is I just finished Steve McQueen's Small Axe mm-hmm. Oh, right. The last episode just dropped uh, this past Friday. It's only right now for the first season is five episodes. And I think he's directed most all of them, and I think they're written by him and a couple other people. But there's just something, a richness to it, and it's very specific to the West Indian experience mm-hmm. that I don't think anybody else can bring to that. And that's when you bring those extra cultural... Because I, I the last episode that just came on is called Education. And it was about the, how West Indians back in the 80s were put into special education classes purposely just because right. of racism. And it's no different than over here. Right. And every scene you're watching, even though there's like the, the A story that's going on, the B story for me was all the cultural thing, whether it's the food, whether it's the glance, whether the things that are in the house that are very specific to West Indian culture, or you know, just something about it. And I don't think another director or writer could bring something to that. So I just think that we need to tap and lean into that a lot more, <laughs> because it's just, it's, just, it's just so good. And, I, and I, I see a lot of Black artists who, and I, I'm saying the older ones, I'm gonna say the older generation, who have been brought up to like, wanna make films. And so they send to copy and kind of do what other white filmmakers are doing just to get stuff made. But I feel like the younger folks are just like, fuck it, we gonna do what we wanna do. And well, you would just deal with it. And we're not gonna explain shit to you. We're not gonna hand feed stuff. It's, it it, it kind of reminds me of the aesthetic of the nineties where we had so-called black shows mm-hmm. and we didn't explain shit. I feel like a lot of shows that are coming out now that have the black thing, we're doing so much to like, explain stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. This is not for a black audience, really. This is for to, to, to gain a, another audience, which is cool. Yeah, But, but, okay. but so, I want us to lean into that cultural stuff and those layers a lot more because it just makes things so much better.
0: Yeah. What well, I'll say on that? All right, so there's a, cu- there's a couple things in that I want to tell you. Like one, back to Queen's Gambit, I understand what you're saying about the blandness, but here's what really bothered me about that. Like, like they go to Mexico City... And it looks fucked up, and I'm like, Yo, okay, now you're in Mexico City, that should look different, and it didn't. And but so, are we
4: there wait, for wait, Mexico City? Wait, wait, no, wait, we're wait, there wait, but, for her to whoop no, ass.
0: No, but okay, so, so, <laughs> on a so, small on a small budget. <laughs> but, but to me, but to me, that's just an example of like she's outside of like the sterile version of America. So 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 show me like like I, like show me that excitement. You know, and, 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 and they could have and they and they just chose not to. So there's that so secondly the thing about Steve McQueen and what you're saying about like the choices that you make, you know, and, and what the sisters bring. I mean, this is some, this is something that I noticed when I was doing the thing about the piano lesson. I was as this thing I was doing, I said, you know what's fascinating is that is that the cultural inheritance of, of any culture is carried by the women. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's because they're the ones who are raising the children. They're the ones who are especially who, black who, women. You know, who are keeping making the food, keeping the yeah. recipes, doing all that. You know, and it's yeah. interesting because you look at the panelists and it's like because Boy Willie, he wants that money so he can like set set something up for the future for himself and for everyone else. And it's like, I'm 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 doing that drive, drive, drive capitalism. Yeah. And Bernice is like, no, we have to we gotta like retain what we're about, what we're <laughs> really, really about.' And I think mm-hmm. that. Is, is it was is, is interesting thing to say about that. Interesting you say too about the thing about the directed old school directors and what they bring and what they're trying to copy. You know, and what the new people are trying to do. It's like so. I watched uh, Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom the other night. Ah, oh, I gotta see that. <laughs> and I think the, I, the 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 issue I had with this was it was too much like a play. Like, it felt too claustrophobic. And I, and I realized that it's like... I remember Denzel had said when he was doing Fences, he looked at a bunch of movies that were from plays to see how they were. And he mm-hmm. pr- particularly referenced Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And he said, what I noticed when I watched that was they have, like, these walls that remove and ceilings that come out and mm-hmm. everything like that. And because and, 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 he's like, oh, well, the camera can't be there. If you know, if for for that point of view, and, and he was like, that's not what I'm gonna do, like like with mine. So he mm. kept it. So it's like, so so, so you didn't really use like so the like like the the thing about the theater, is that the theater forces this sense of like you have to really be engaged and to make believe, and they use all these kind of like tricks, mechanical tricks, to help you do that. And I feel like that's where he missed out on that in fences, and also in you know this this new film because the guy who directed it, like George Wolf, he might be in his seventies, I think, right now, and mm-hmm. and he did a good job directing the play and getting and getting great performances out of the actors. But I feel like they, that's something that they should have opened up, and and it and it I think it, it would have a stronger feeling if they did open it up more, you know. Be and I, I agree. I I'm like, uh, You know, you left it. Right. It's kind of. It. I'm just saying yeah, oh, this but, is one last thing because it's like, like, you know, when I, when I watch Hamilton, mm-hmm. it's an example of what the theater does, which is so fascinating. I'm kind of like, but this is what theaters do. So be more theatrical when you're making your movies based on theater pieces. Mm-hmm. You, you know that part when like when, when, when he's walking somewhere, he's meeting people, and the stage isn't it ah, yes. and spinning, coming and up. It's like, it, it. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I was like, that's an example of. of, of, of of you taking the limitations of the theater mm-hmm. and using it to, to 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 create some sort of magic, and that's okay. what you can do in the movies too. If you are if you're on that wavelength,
2: well, that also makes you enthralled by the timing because you yeah. could be down here and walk right up to a dance move and be on the spinning thing at the same time. So that right. that's what right. also captures right. yeah. there's, there's
0: all of that you know. What and, and there's some sort of fascination in the in your own mind, like you in the story, but you realize that was choreographed fucking dope as shit, you know, like in your head you kind of split it, you know, and that's, right. yeah. So
2: but that, I, was, yeah. I was thinking about something you and Lisa were talking about in regards to Queen, Queen's Gamut, and I remember the episode when they went to Mexico City, I remember thinking something very similar to you, Chris, because I'm very, you got to remember that the audiences are so much smarter now, and we are also part of the audience even though we make projects, right? And so... Yeah. I remember thinking, boy, they must have not had a big budget when they went to Mexico. They did a couple exterior shots and 90% yeah. was yeah. inside so of that. That money shot. was
4: tight. Yeah, that money 90%. was tight. Mm. Yeah,
2: because I, I think that was part of the problem, Chris. You didn't get to see the feeling of Mexico City. Like, for, for instance, her mother was out with the, uh, the, the Latin guy. Yeah. Yeah. The Lotario. But yeah. yes. like they never really went to anywhere yeah. extravagant right. to make you right. feel Mexico. You know, it was more in the hotel room or whatever that it was like right, or downstairs right, in the right. in the club or whatever. it didn't feel big. And you well, know yeah, they have yeah. the
4: budget. Yeah,
2: it didn't yeah.
0: and, and, and 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 it also didn't feel hot and sweaty the way Mexico City is, you know, because <laughs> oh, they could have been better no. in
4: the winter time. It could have been the winter time. It's not always hot and sweaty in Mexico. There's no way- look, look. There's
0: no winter. In Mexico. Listen, I live on the
4: border. I live on the border. I've you been live down there when the I north. You live listen. The listen north. I, I have sat there where the the cold. 7, <laughs> it's cold, seven thousand feet sea level, in the middle of a oh, volcano. stop. Stop it, sir.
2: So, Amber, I think it's really cool that you're going to make a project. Um, I think I like what Chris is saying. I'm sure you already have some ideas of what it is you want to do now, now that you've been talking with Felicia. But it is it is something to think about, about, you know, what is it that I want to say and do? Does my project, when I come out with it, is it going to be the thing that I want to be out with first? You know, is it worth coming up with something else? Just be thinking about that. You might not be at that point. But I'm really talking to you and to the
4: audience at the same time. And I also think about what, you know, Felicia's work did that made it like pop for me, like the first time I saw it. And then I have to watch it a few more times and then share it with everybody is. You don't even know the characters, the characters are the thing. (laughs) I mean, I know a lot of times people want to razzle dazzle. Like, I want to show people what I can do as a director with all this other stuff. But I'm just telling you. And this is for me as someone who's watched a lot of stuff and who is weary of a lot of stuff now, where the thing that gets me and grabs me is your characters from Jump and how they interact and the drama and the passion between them. All the other stuff can come later, but if you don't have those characters and have us hooked into them right away, I don't care what kind of budget you have. (laughs) No. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tune out right. and just, just, just keep that in mind as someone yeah. who watches a lot of stuff just make sure those characters are like, like I want to spend some time with those people and I think for every short that I've seen from all the festivals I've gone to from all the shorts and a good thing too is to look online too because they have a lot of, on YouTube a lot of like short film festivals some are like minute long shorts or just you know mm-hmm. any type of variant of shorts and kind of check out to see what what the, the more successful ones were, and I guarantee you, it was because the characters grabbed the audience, and, and that's, that's something that a lot of people don't really consider because I know they're worried about budgets, I know they're worried about impressing people with, oh, if we can get this person attached, or if we can film here with this great set. None of that matters at all if the characters aren't compelling, and within yeah. the first minute or so, you've got us hooked in there. and. Yeah. None of that matters.
0: That, well, well, that's what I was saying. You've got to say to yourself, what kind of director do you want to be? And I'm talking with guys who are showrunners and stuff like that about who they hire. And we were talking with Chris Kaiser about this. And he was like, look, you know, like, I'm probably going to watch, like, three to five minutes of your movie. So i about a feature, you know. So it might be the same with the short. And the short, you know, like the short that I told you I was working on, you know, with these guys in the car, it's like they... The, you know, like I gave the notes on a draft and it was like the story didn't pick up until maybe around page three, mm. you know, three or four. And, and, and I was like it's a no, long no time one. in the short. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, number one, said, exactly. number one this has got to be like like something's going to happen to tell you something about the character mm. on page one. But that's also something that you should be doing on your features, too. It's like page one, you better tell me something to take me to page two but, it's, but it's, you, you gotta compress that with a short and 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 what Lisa's saying is absolutely right. see here's the thing. people will people are not gonna judge you on you know what camera system you used or you know what the location is. They're basically gonna say, is this lit acceptable? and are those characters in the story compelling to me? Does it like, sound good? <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. Oh my you, god. I, I mean, look, look, say that one more time, yeah. please. Look, there's the basic bar of like all of right. a style of production, but which you know, which is a given, so I'm I'm not even saying that you judge you. What I'm saying like you just get a few things straight, but then you gotta say what is the story I'm telling and who are these people and that's all that's really gonna matter if people say, Hey, I wanna work with you or I wanna not Now you could have a really fucking cool idea too. Because you don't have to. Because I, because I, I, uh, a friend of mine named Boa, she started directing and she did a movie. Um, it was about a black mermaid, you mm-hmm. know. And, and and the thing that really got her was she got into this at t festival, and it just happened to be uh, the year that uh, that she was the only black woman in there. I think she said, and it happened to be the year that they got Ava DuVernay to be like. like the celebrity judge or something like that Mm -hmm. and you know so Ava saw her movie and 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 said good job and then like nine months later she was like I got a spot on Queen Sugar I think season three and and I want you to direct it and 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 that was and she did all this like shadowing for years and blah Mm -hmm. blah blah and it was just like that one thing you know so
3: yeah
2: turns around yeah yeah well that's good that's good um So this is the end of the year. So just wanted to talk to you guys about, you know, your plans or goals this year or things that we could do to help, you know, some of the people out there, you know, what they want to do. Like um, Amber was starting off to say that, you know, she's planning to make this short film. Um, Are you guys planning to do it, whether the Rona is here or not? Are you trying to do it like that, Amber?
3: Um,
0: Probably. I haven't gotten that
3: far, but.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, look, you know, no one's going to get the vaccine who's just fucking general populace until maybe like May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so then you say to yourself, well, okay, so, you know, how fast do I have a script? How fast can I put it together? How fast can I have the money? You know, because once you have it, then you're like, now, so now how do I pay for it? You know, um, so there's just a bunch of stuff, you know, that you have to, like, consider. I mean, I don't know. I mean, in terms of me and my goals, I mean, I mean, look. I had the last day of my show. I mean, our hiatus was yesterday, whatever Friday. But, 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 literally, at like eight o'clock at night, I got two texts from friends going, "Let's cover up some time next week and fucking get together and figure out some shit we're gonna do together next year." Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not really spending the next two weeks off to do, um, to re- to relax. I, I, I mean, I would like to, but I, but I, I, I don't have to worry about going into my show. I'm just gonna watch some reached a couple scripts but I'm just like you know there's a comic book that I want I found a producer who wants to like who said she talked to the author and he's like well what's his take and I want some money and she was like if you can send me a good take I can get us some money to option it and and they'll produce the movie. I was like okay so I gotta work on that you know Mm -hmm. there was two other shows that that were that we were developing before I got on my show that that they gave me the freedom to to work on, so I got to work on those. I mean, it's just like you know the one thing that everyone says. This is the one thing everyone says about Hollywood is that getting your second gig is is maybe harder than your first gig. Yep. And you know, and then what everyone says about freelancing is you always better be looking for that next gig on the gig you're on. Like yep. you got to spend a, a, a big tons of your time. So I'm like, okay. I was counting it out. I've got seven projects that I'm trying to put together for next year. Mm -hmm. You know, scripts are done, or pitches out, there's a couple pitches. You know, there's my movie. Uh, There's another, another, it's just like, you have to just be that, um, uh, you have to be that prolific because as everyone tells you, you know, 95% of the time, people are going to tell you no. Yep. You know, so... Rest for
4: anybody true, that's true. uh me just basically girding my loins in terms of <laughs> getting prepared to see what the hell I guess because in my in my previous life, uh you know, as an educator and as someone who was politically involved in community activism and stuff like that, a lot of stuff I'm seeing is more or focused on is really how this country is going to move within the next few months with these vaccines. Um, with people not having money, with our government that we pay our taxes to seems to go for their salaries and for war, and we've got people who aren't going to make it in the next couple of months. That's just real talk. So yeah. in terms of movies and TV and all that stuff, um, for my own writing, I've um, been writing some things, a um, couple of scripts, um, definitely working on this novel that I started in, in NaNoWriMo, um, looking to really push to publish it, only because like my boy Sam has another book coming out pretty soon. I don't know. Like, oh, really? Literally, like, Sam is like, it look, out. it's already out, but he's already got something else in the pipeline. I feel like my, my, my brother from another mother is like, always, like, he, like literally, like, a couple of months back, he always sends, he'll send me something, and he sent me a letter saying, you know, we need your voice out here. Like, he'll send me things all the time. Yeah. And my thing is too, is like, everybody has their own time that they come into fruition to things that they need to do, but because I come from a very political activist slant first in my life. Um, my concern is really like, how are we going to survive, because it's wonderful to write our scripts and our stories and all that fantastic stuff, but if you ain't got an audience out there to come watch your shit, I don't I don't know what we're going to be doing. So a mm-hmm. part of me is split on the creative, but also on the activist side in terms of what is this country going to be. Um, right now they just shut down Italy, of course people who know I have family over in Italy, so they shut down Italy in terms of people from the UK crossing the borders. Um, right now our country is basically giving the vaccines to the rich and the white yep. and you know it's, it's kind of like I don't want to be like the negative Nelly but I come from a very realist black perspective which is like okay what do we do to make it through one more again because that's pretty much a part <laughs> of our legacy so really my goal the, le- the next couple of weeks basically is I'm going back and I'm reading a lot of my old books um, from the, the works project from the old days when they went around, um, especially with Zora Neale Hurston, when they went around in like the 20s and 30s and they were collecting stories from Black people who had just got out of slavery, who had just come out of a lot of stuff. And so I'm kind of going back and, and using Black culture and Black American culture as a touchstone mm-hmm. to calm myself. Like, this too shall pass. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have survived some crazy stuff. So really it's just going back and reading a lot of old books um, that give me comfort. But also kind of give a blueprint to what what I need to be focusing on in terms of the writing that I want to do. And I think more than anything, um, and I know I've talked about it in terms of telling you, Amber, to make sure you put those cultural touchstones in your work and layer that shit. It just kind of reinforced that for me. It's like the stuff that I write has always had that. And that has always been a problem for me in terms of people love the idea or I get into pitch rooms like, yeah, we want to, uh, but it's too black. It's too Negroes. Like, can we can we water it down? And I'm not, I'm just not that girl. And I feel like this might be the time at last. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I think
2: we're in a different time now. I
4: think time is like in the last five water- years. Yes, we don't want to water stuff down because the stuff that has always been popping is not popping no more. Yeah. Let's be real, you know. And there's a void now because now they don't have all these, you know, all the Marvel stuff has gone to like TV and streaming, and a lot of the Marvel films that they have on the pipeline are not going to be out for the next couple of years. You know, I think there's that moment where this is a time for black creators in particular to like start putting out that fantastical, amazing stuff that might have been passed over years before might be a good time. So basically, that's my goal Like the next two weeks, really reading, tapping back into black history, um, black diaspora in history, um, watching a lot of films from that time period. Like I just loaded up some stuff I found on YouTube from Oscar Micheaux, um, been rereading a lot of old black um entertainers like Eartha Kitt, Harry Belafonte, um, just kind of like going to the elders, really doing some elder work. And then it's kind of like getting ready and just trying to be positive and being focused on, all right, not everybody's going to die. Somebody got to be out here to, <laughs> to, to write and make some stuff. So let me not be that person, but it's kind of like, it's hard, you know, and like I told you guys before in private, and I don't mind saying it, you know, I have a couple relative. I have a relative right now that's not, and not doing well, is not going to make it pretty much. Uh but they're holding on, but it's been tough, you know, mentally to like focus on other things. But I'm telling you, man, when you go back and read your black history stuff, when you read these old entertainers that were producers and writers and trying to do it, there's a comfort in knowing that, you know, someone else has been through this, they know what it's like. And, you know, it's just amazing to hear those voices. Like I tell you, when I'm reading Earth to Kit, just her sense of humor, going through looking at videos of these older folks who were activists and were also artists. Um, I don't know, it's just been really a good time. And I'm just looking forward for the next two weeks of just sinking myself into that, kind of going into my little cocoon and just blossoming when, you know, and also having my good wine ready for when January 20th comes <laughs> and we put old boy out. It you
2: know. So I was just thinking about something you were saying um, in regard to, as you know, I, I, I tend to do a lot of um, historical bio stuff, and mm-hmm. when you're in that world, I notice for myself, I realize that's partly why I find myself in these little depression modes as I'm reading about fucking I image, hear ya. you know, I hear you going through all this shit you. or whatever it is I'm working on. And it makes me so angry in times, right, that it puts me in a whole mode. And when you can't go to the gym and unwind like I usually am, I feel like, you know, my little office is not doing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I need the other thing. So I'm trying to find that balance, if you will, you know, that allows me to vent or to um, get out that negative
4: energy, which which I usually do. But I can't. Right. And I hear you because I know, uh, especially during this time of year, a lot of people start to get seasonal depression. Um, a lot of people are getting depression for the first time and had never really experienced it. And, you know, they're trying to cope, especially it's difficult when you can't go out and go somewhere and do something. But a couple of things that I've been doing in terms of like dealing with that, especially those of you who do have depression and cope with anxiety, too, is it really helps to find some really fun have a playlist of fun uplifting videos like for me on youtube like i'll give you a name of a person who makes me laugh and it makes me smile and it combines my love of the black church and also my love of just black people being black people <laughs> there's a there's a guy and some of you guys know this person he's been on on youtube and <clears> his, <throat> name, his name is kevon carter i think it's k-e-v-o-n-c-a-r-t-r-e-r and he um has a youtube channel and basically he's like a um He's a musician, he's a pianist, and he plays for a lot of like, churches and stuff like that. And what he does is he does these fun videos and they're only like a minute long. Like usually they're like a minute, 69 seconds long. And he'll like do something called Fix My Song and he'll also Good. do fun stuff. And with the Fix My Song videos he does, it'll be somebody who posted a video and they're probably terrible singers. Usually somebody black who like think they jamming and they really not. And what he'll <laughs> do, what, And what he'll do is he'll go in and he'll listen to the song. And then he'll play the piano and add his own, and he's a really great singer. And he'll add his vocal and he'll approve the song. So within a minute, you can see how a song is like, "Ooh, girl, that's is like, ooh, I am so embarrassed right now. The secondhand embarrassment is so real. And then like <laughs> 10 seconds later, he'll take the same vocals that you just saw and he'll split screen it. And then he'll play and it's like, oh my God, it's jamming. And it's doing this thing and he'll do stuff like, he has a couple videos is like how, how bass players, and guitar players act during a church service. So basically it's like the band and the church and how they talk to each other or he'll have something <laughs> called when the singers didn't rehearse the opening and they change it without telling one of the other singers and he has one where it's Tank and another singer who's like the background singer for Monica where it takes down a bunch of videos where he's just warming up and people add their own vocals to it to sing with him. And he's added his own where he pretends like they're in a group But they they do a vocal run and they didn't tell them and so he acts like, Y'all didn't tell me, we practiced that part. We talked it's so funny. (laughs) So whenever I'm feeling like kinda down, I'll go watch his little videos. And not only does he give you like he'll get real singers too. Like he got uh, I think it's what's her name, Leandra, who played one of the um in the movie that just came out in a lifetime about the Clark sisters. She played one of the oh, Clark okay. sisters and she does like a vocal where she's just on IG, on Instagram just singing a song and he'll just add piano and kind of add vocal. It's just really fun and it gives you like the taste of the black church. There's one that got real popular for him where he was in a church during um, an actual service where they were just kind of like playing music and he was pretending like he was accidentally playing the wrong R&B songs during church. <laughs> So he'd be playing people like, yeah, he's like, oh my bad, it's Biggie. You can't play Biggie in the church. Or he'll play like a Tupac song, like, Oh, oh that's hilarious. And it's just hilarious and it's just so uplifting. So those kind of things that if you can find those and make those kind of playlists, I know a lot of people like looking at cute puppy videos. My favorite is puppies or kittens who are fighting each other and then the mommy cat or mommy dog will come over and take the toy away or come do just silly little things that Lisa, Lisa, you
2: just you just said something that just, just sprung. As you know, my my what? brother my brother who was killed, who used to play the organ in church, mm-hmm. he, w- he would sneak in that uh, Tupac. I yeah. And, and we all are, like, like, Jesus like, wait a minute, is
4: that Tupac? Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. And it's that kind of humor, and it's very... Black- and if you've been raised up in the black church or been around a black church, and even if you're a black person who didn't go to church, trust me. Trust me the church gets to you some kind of way, even if you're a black atheist, it's part of your life. But it's just things like that that kind of help, you know, especially if you're a writer and being creative and getting that little hit of serotonin, um, a little better than weed, a little better than your your little, the things that we do to get over. But, you know, as far as writers and being creative, you've got to try to find that kind of positive things, especially when you can't go out somewhere and have that you know i mean we can walk around our neighborhoods but it's not the same as getting in the car going to the beach or going to the gym or going to hang out with some friends who can talk you through some stuff and you know it's 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 difficult but like i said try to make some playlists of some really things that and I got like All a right. playlist of 150, 200 things, and I'll just let that go. And they're short. They're not long. Mm-hmm. They're usually like a minute, 30 seconds long, cute little things, and I promise you it does kind of like alleviate those feelings, and it, it gives you a little bit of more strength to go back and like, okay, I can tackle this work, I can tackle this next scene, or I can tackle, you know, thinking mm-hmm. and marinating ideas. So, just so, something. Look, Remember. I'm,
0: I'm seeing right now. I know. have a playlist that's called Bad Mood, and I just turn it on like just whenever I'm in a bad mood. I just, it's I, called
2: bad mood. Yeah, it's
0: that's what it's called. And, and, and it's, like, because, like, I've and I've curated it over the years, over the last, maybe, like, five or six years. It's probably, like, maybe, like, it's, it's maybe, like, two, maybe two and a half hours of songs. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff that's that's just, like, it's just, like, fucking really, really light mood stuff that, that like, always brings a smile to my face. And I use it, in you know, I mean, you know, I don't do a lot of uh, alcohol. I, I maybe drink maybe like a, like a beer or two like every quarter. I smoke no weed. I do no other type of drugs. I just, I mean, I, I use music that way to, like, to regulate my mood. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I've, I've noticed this more that, I, that I've, I've done this, is that it's the one thing that I really, really love so much about movies more than television is how they can use the soundtrack. You know, because this the soundtrack is kind of like it's limited in a television series. Right. Because they're trying to they're trying to spread it out like over every episode. And I just and I realize like how specific and how important that is to, to you know to, 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 to frame to to framing my point of my you know, my point of view and just framing my mind. And it's it's something that, you know, I just think people should do because I think what Lisa's saying is True. I mean, like, we have to get, you know, we. It's a, it's been a tough year, and it's a really strange time, and, but, you know, like, I saw someone post something today, and said, you all thought, thought 2020 was bad, wait till it turns 21, it can start drinking, and I was like, <laughs> you know, and I was kind of like, yeah, it might be bad in, in like, the first year, or the first month coming up, I mean, because cause, cause, cause we don't know how more denigrated this country is going to be as we get closer to the election. I mean, I read something the other day that right, your boy Trump, right. your boy Trump, he can't go to Mar-a-Lago. He can't live there. <laughs> okay.
4: that, that his, that what is it with the homeowners association around there said, because, because some legal precedent where he uses it as a business too, yeah. and there's some rule or law down there that says that you can't live there also and have that as your business. So they're trying yeah. to not let him stay there. Yeah. Which is, y'all should have been doing that like four years ago, but I guess it got bad for y'all too. So, well, I heard <laughs> well, he's trying to change that rule, of
2: course. Yeah, well, well, yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, it's something he signed in '93, and they basically said, Well, we'll, we'll give you some leeway when you're president. But, but, <laughs> but guess what? As soon as you stop being president, then we'll then want we'll to be on your ass, and guess uh, what? We'll be suing you too. So, wow. be, so it does doesn't matter where he's going he's getting sued but but all that shit means that he'll just stay in the news and be this damn this this agitated force that you know that we can't get rid of and it's just absolutely terrible so um yeah it's just the time to find the, the, the right time I, I know he, I think you made a good point Lisa about you know you know are, are people going to be around to watch? Movies and TV, you know, when the if if they don't fix this damn economy and shit like that, you know, and it's hard
4: because like literally Netflix has dropped a lot of great stuff that I've just just not had the energy or mental bandwidth to really check out. I will say I have checked out the guest. it's a new Korean horror thing and it's one of those ones that I actually hit it by, by accident and had the mute button on and so I watched like the first 10 minutes of, of it without sound and then I'm like, oh, I need to watch this with the sound to see what's going on. <laughs> and, you know, but it's like certain things and like, that's, uh, what you know you that's that. when you know it's good. It's yeah. like, what? and there's another one that just dropped. It's, oh God, I don't know. it's another Korean, uh, Koreans just know how to do good that's horror so. stuff. That's going to grab me. That's just. It's just so entertaining. I I, maybe I'm just so sick of America. That's probably what it is too. Like I don't want to see not one more dumb American do something stupid. Let me see if the Koreans are doing because at least they're walking around (laughs) doing some shit. Well, well,
0: (laughs) this thing's funny about Korean cinema. There's a there was like last month. I think it was October. They did something on. There was a thing on Criterion Channel called the new Korean cinema, and it's not like you know basically the same because there was such censorship until around. Ninety-eight to two thousand, so these last twenty years have been this like explosive time period of, of people making movies in Korea. But it got the guy pointed out that what the, the, what they are what they do with their movies, which is interesting, is you know they t- talked about that movie. Uh, what's the one that hosts the host of the Bong Ju Ho movie and, and some yeah. other stuff is, yeah. is 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 that they are unafraid to shift tone in the movie. Yep, And I feel that oh, really? that, that to me is, is always yeah. a, has always been something that has irked me as, as a creator. So people always go, well, you, well, your tone changes here. But tone changes in real life. So why exactly. not? You know, it's such a stickler for Americans. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's like the, the, people feel they can't watch the movie because the tone changes.
4: Well, it's like Parasite. Like people who had never really watched Korean films before. And if that was their first introduction to my boy... Like the first like the first half of that movie, third, I would say, of that movie, it's like, oh, it's kind of like, oh, okay, we can see how we're getting over this Grifton family is getting over these rich people. And, okay, these rich people are kind of like flaky anyway, so fuck them. Go ahead and take what you can get from them. Do what you got to do. And then it's like, there's a moment where you could literally visually see <laughs> the ship. And you're like, what the fuck? And it, it, took, it threw a lot of people because they hadn't been accustomed to seeing films that... Are willing to do that kind of shift immediately and not go back. Right. <laughs> that's that's the thing about Parasite. Like once it makes that shift, bitch, we're not going back. Ain't right. hey,
0: no, it's well, not, uh, it's not going you know,
4: back really.
2: But uh-uh. well,
0: the uh, Parasite though, was cool is, is that one shift in the middle. It
2: was like uh, chapters in that. and that. It was interesting. And then yeah. there's
0: another shift at the end, like you know. It, yes. It, 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 yes. It becomes, like, it becomes like a little slasher film at the end. I was right. like, oh shit, you know. So it's 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 fascinating. I mean, I, I, I really think. I mean, you, you know, I tell people all the time, I, I, something I realized is, is that because I had watched a lot of, like, foreign cinema, you know, throughout my formative years as a as a filmmaker, as a writer, I was assuming other people were, too, because these, these movies that were being yeah. talked about,
4: yeah.
0: you know, yeah. like, film from Europe that's come over here being talked about, it, like like, in the cinema press, I'm assuming people are watching... Right. But I realize they're not because you go and look at what happened and it's like there's no uh there's there's very little uh it, like like the, the impact of those films is is on certain it's 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 not as it's not as pronounced as like I thought it should have been. Should've yeah. and a lot of like, times, the, like the power of those movies,
4: right? And a lot of times, people don't even take time to look at those until they've gotten some type of like American buzz, like whether it's it's Oscar nominated or so. I can remember when in 2016, remember when The Handmaiden came out, mm-hmm. and before it even came out, like I'm not saying that I got a bootleg hobby. <laughs> I'm just saying that I might know some people who know some people and loved, that. and I just could not figure out you know, like, why are people not really, and then I remember, I think after we did a, a taping of the of the podcast, I went and actually went and saw it in, in the theater on the big screen too, to go just to see it, and it was like, it wasn't until it started to get a lot more, you know, oh, Oscar, oh, people are trying to talk about it. And that was like months later, and I'm like, why aren't you guys talking about it? Because it's one of those few films where it's dealing with, with female sexuality, without the male gaze, even though it's created by a guy who understands that thing and tried to do something creative and do something different and, you know, and for a while there I just remember my feelings were so hurt and I would tell people, have you heard about the hair? And they like, what, what? And then when yeah. it slowly got buzzed, then it was like, man, y'all should have been on that tip. <laughs>
0: but
4: you should have been on that tip a long time ago. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's you should have like been on that director's tip a long time ago. Well, actually, I, should not, I should have. Been, there should have been more people in that theater in West Hollywood <laughs> when I went to go yeah, see it. it. And it's, it's like could. I just get so ashamed. I'm like I am so ashamed of you Americans. No, yeah, so
0: because you say this of you in West Hollywood. are That's that's where all these these so called film people are. You're a filmmaker. You know, and you're not and watching. Come no and see these movies. <laughs> it's, you know because 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 you'd rather go see. You know the 18th, like iteration, of Friday the 13th, or some bullshit like that. <laughs> hey, That's, hey,
4: hey, hey, hey!
0: You put some respect on horror. <laughs> <laughs>
4: even even if a dead horse, even if a dead iteration. horse has been dragged out for the 20th iteration, I don't want to You see
0: still gotta iteration. put some respect. Show me on horror something horror new name. instead. Show me something you know, new instead because, because because the new stuff. You know, like the other night, I was I was watching Hero again. You know that 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 that, uh, that mm-hmm. thing with Jet Li. I was kind of like. Motherfuckers don't even know how to make movies like this anymore.
1: Like, you they know what could.
0: I'm... They yep. could, but they don't. Yep. I mean, like, Some people could, but, they, but, but, but then I said to myself, but, but you know what? Even then, motherfuckers weren't talking about yes!
2: that. Yes! Right. But trip this. Yes! You know what I was watching the other day, thinking about you, both of you? I was watching Kung Fu Hustle again. That shit is the most creative. There's a sequel coming soon. That
4: is my jam. There's not
2: another movie that
4: created it all. I I I watched that like a lot of other movies. I watch it once a year. I finally got my sister to sit and watch it, but we put it up on the LCG projector. It was cold outside, but we watched the inside on a thing and I made her some popcorn. And we washed it, and she's like, "Is this some corny stuff?" I'm no. like, "Look, <laughs> some corn has flavor, <laughs> and you and you there must is enjoy it. There There's is sweet, sweet corn. There is sweet corn, and you've yes. got it. And it's one of those. It like from beginning to end, there is not one is dead so space. Creative.
2: It's so, and good. it's
4: so creative, and it's so it has heart." It has all the stuff that I love about martial arts and rope work. It's got funny characters. It's like a spaghetti western. It's oh, spaghetti wow, western. Yes. <laughs> and I love the story of the lead actress who plays the uh, landlord because she she went on the I think I told this before. She went on the audition with the friend who was actually auditioning. She was just there to hang out. Oh, okay. And they just said, "Hey, why don't you just do this thing?" And she's one of the most iconic characters in that thing with her hair curlers and her dangling yes. cigarettes. And she takes them sandals off and's beating the shit out of all her tenants. <laughs> and I'm like, this is my this is my jam yeah. and it's it's one of those classics, and I'm glad to hear they're going to ha- have a sequel. It's been a long time coming though
0: Well, but see but again, because you know what like, look that movie it mixes tone you know and, and
4: Americans, for some reason, we're it, wired it, not to like that
0: <laughs> not, we don't Americans don't like it. but see the thing that's interesting though I say to, I say to myself now is you know for independent filmmakers you don't have to make your movie appeal to Americans because Americans have kind of shown that they that, that they're not interested in this they're not interested in going to the theater much anymore either you know so you know and i mean and the, and and, and, the, and the and the revenue thing is, has flipped so 70% of the movie the money comes from the international audience International right. market and only thirty percent from the U.S. Sure. So, if so, if you're gonna, you know, like forego some of the okay. audience here, because you know, because why? Because you because you want to do something different, then it's it's not really like a bad financial bet because okay. there's gonna be people who are gonna who, who are gonna respond to it. They're right. totally gonna respond to it.
4: Well, Hilliard, what what are your plans? I don't think you really. I mean, I have the, hint, I think, you hinted some things, but I don't think I'm we really heard. Um, cause I wanted to
2: talk to Amber just a little bit more about that too, but, um, I'll keep it short. I mean, I got a lot of things that I want to do in the new year. Um, as Chris knows, like I'm ready to get back on a series again, <clears throat> you know, before I've just been developing and creating shows and all that stuff like that. Um, but now I'm like ready to get back on an actual show. So hopefully in January, I might be on one. We'll see. Um, and then, um, I have a couple of movies that it's looking like if only thing we, we got, we're out to actors on, you know, about one of them. <clears throat> and so, and it's actually the actor we, I thought would be perfect anyway. So I'm not going to say until we, until he says yes. <laughs> um, and then um, cause, yeah, cause I want to get I want to get back on the set, man. I missed the set. I know the set is different now and all that other stuff. And we had to go up on our budget another two hundred thousand dollars just because of corona. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So it's we were gonna make this movie for like six hundred grand. You know, we went up to almost nine just to make it for Corona. You know yeah. and so um those things those things happen, you know. Um Anyways, so I want to do that, um, so let, some things are coming back for Tulsa, things are coming back for Sylvester, you know, with some big companies, so I'm hoping that works out. Oh,
4: please, please, because I just reread uh, this punk book on black women and punk, mm-hmm. the punk scene, and it talks about Sylvester, and like I said, I've been going through some old stuff, and it's like, oh my god, I keep praying for you, Hillier, because I okay. think it's, it's one of those stories, iconic and every time I see people mention or they know who Sylvester is, I get so excited because they just don't realize what he brought to just American culture, not just music, but just culture in terms of the LGBTQ community, just in terms of just, just expanding how we... And it's like, every time it comes around, it's like, why the... F- but I have to, like, you know what? In, in due time. So I'm always praying for that to happen. I just want to be first. That's all I know. <laughs> well, no, well, that's, that's the thing. You actually can
0: only be first because... Yeah. You know, we you gotta wait in like another twenty, twenty-five years. I mean, to me, the I, I was talking to to like to you girl Gesha about her. her script about uh about like um Hattie McDaniel and mm-hmm. Selznick. I said, I said, I said, you know, I, I know people are responding to your script, but, but I think you gotta do one thing. You gotta go back and do one little polish. And I say this about like as many period pieces as people come out with it's like you just can't tell the story of the person you got to either find an insight that is relevant to everyone so it's very universal or you got to look at it like a science fiction movie and say how does this come in on our current times and it might just mean where I'm just changing through right I'm I'm, I'm changing the dialogue like three or four scenes and then and that's enough to like push it to a different place because she was kind of bummed about that and I was like, I mean look you know, I had to go back and do those kind of like tweaks in my well script and because I was thinking about it more and more, I I was like how do you do this, how do you really push it so you're not just like saying here's a story that you don't know about because Mm -hmm. that won't get enough people excited and um, or find some way to wrap it into something that is relevant to today because like we, I think,
2: what's, what's gonna say? I was going to say, we were talking with Stephanie Dunn last week and she was talking about her winning script that she did for Finish Line script and she was saying, talking about what you're saying, Chris, she did her Martin Luther King, Chicago 66 68? 66? 66, 66, 66, 66. 66, 66 Her Chicago 66 script came from the point of view excuse me, of a little boy who was with Martin Luther King for who lived across the street. I mean, I thought that was a great, yeah. you know, I, I'm curious to spot
0: yeah, Yeah, because you, you're not just telling me the story of Martin Luther King in Chicago. You're, like, right. you're, you're putting it through the lens of this boy and that is what will make you know, so it's, uh, that's the thing that I realized that when you're doing those type of projects I, I, I stand by it. If you think about it like, like this is science fiction, because ultimately it is, you know, it, it's like we're taking a peek into the past you know, time period doesn't exist. That's no different than us taking a peek into the future um, cause, because that time period doesn't exist either. So, you know, like, that's the thing that makes those work. I mean, you have to really, you know, like, like I have this project that, you know, that I, I pitched it to the company that then hired me for my show. And I know that they were like, I mean, like, literally, I, like, I sent them a pitch doc and literally a day and a half later, they called me and said, we want you on our show.
1: Because they were
0: like, you know, and I just, I feel, because the way I was like talking about an event and the way society is kind of going, you know, and this is my spin on it, this is my take on how I see society in like 15 years, you know, I'm sure they were like, that's the type of forward thinking that we need on this show. We need this type of like, it's not just that you're playing around with the toys of the science fiction, it's like you know, like like show me how it like, can touch people who are gonna watch it today. Mm-hmm. Right, don't know how to do that.
4: That's that near and, future stuff that people are kind of angsty about right now. So it's kind of
0: like yeah, might be it
4: might be a chance an opportunity to, to give them a peek of what what could possibly be.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, because I I remember because I, I, I was watching um Run Little Run last night. You know, and I loved that movie. I hadn't seen it in maybe like ten years. Um. And I'm like, motherfuckers can't make like can't make movies like this either anymore because it's too stylized. Mm-hmm. For some reason, fucking Americans hate stylized like hate stylized cinema. Um, or, or at least the current age that people do. Um, but it, the opening of it has this interesting voiceover. that's kind of telling you something about the world and choices and things like that, and and just there's like some stoic philosophy in there. And I was like, this is why this movie is like like it's, it's still relevant today, like mm-hmm. twenty years later, because it because it made a statement that was very specific that is that's that that's kind of transcendent. So thank you for that, Chris. Let's get
2: to you, Amber. Uh, we haven't heard from you in a while. I apologize. You know, on the show, you just got to jump in, girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I loved how you set up talking about how you know you had a good talk with Felicia. You're working on the the, the short. What, what are some of the other... I, I wanted to ask you about... Because you're an interesting person in the sense that, you know, you came out here a little, over a, year, a little over a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. So what's it been like for you? You moved to L.A. to have these dreams, and then boom, here comes the Rona. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's, what's that like for somebody like oh. you moving?
3: Um, I mentioned it right before we started talking, but I was saying how, like, this year basically for me turned into just write like write as much as possible get notes on stuff revamp everything make sure all your and i took a class make sure everything in your portfolio is tight so that's pretty much what i've been spending most of my time doing so while it was totally unexpected that this would happen i see it was a good thing like i got to just in my job in it for a while for like six months so i spent like six months just straight writing um New stuff, revamping old stuff, getting notes on stuff that I had kind of finished like in December, January, so it was like a really productive year for me creatively, like output oh, cool. of course. Nice. And so like next year, I really want people to see all the new stuff that I wrote.
2: that's good yeah
3: and, and I'm also uh, working on I'm still working on my book career, that part of it, so obviously when it goes hand in hand but so I have a couple of things going on with that. Like I have a manuscript that is with two agencies, like on the publishing side. Um they requested the full, so now they're reading it. Nice. The one came in last week and the other one came in like a month ago. So it usually take like um, I don't know, usually eight weeks or more. So I'm hoping to hear back like January, February on that. And um I have a non-fiction project that I'm working on, but this one is more like, because I used to have a blog about fashion, about um, eco-friendly fashion, stuff like that, and it was pretty popular, but then...
4: Ooh, nice, eco-friendly, yes. <laughs>
3: basically, how to curate an ethical wardrobe and quit fast fashion, that's what the book is about.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That is that's such good. a smart... Like that's Yes.
3: And so, and I wrote that, I used to have the blog with my sister, so this is like a joint project, and so... We finished, like, a proposal. This was, it literally was March 12th, so that we got our agent for that. So it was right when it hit. So it was, like, funny. It's, like, we were, like, oh, yay, amazing. Oh, my God, the world's about to end. But um, so since then, basically, we wanted to ride out the big wave of the summer. And summer is really bad for publishing anyway. No one is really reading anything. And, everybody, everybody, like, most editors are women anyway, so they have kids. It was just a really bad time. So we decided after labor day let's take it out on submission so our agent took it out in october and so now we're getting responses and stuff like that and uh like this is a project like it was this is more of a it is a passion project like i'm really passionate about the topic but if this doesn't pan out it's not like the biggest of the deal like i'm really passionate about my fiction Mm But basically, there's this object that's coming out next year that's pretty similar. I don't, like, it's totally different in tone. It's like, some people, like, basically ours is, like, a tough love, just do it, and a practical guide of how to do this, not why you should do it. That's right, been done. Right, right. Um, right. And, that, and the project that's coming out next year is, seems like it's the, oh, why you should do it, and blah, 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 Like, we're over that. Like, we we're trying to give you it's a hundred percent practical idea of how to do this. So I don't know. We're trying to position it that way to differentiate. Plus that one's already scheduled, I think to come out in March. Ours wouldn't come out until probably two years after that. So I don't know. I don't really have that much faith uh, in this
4: particular project, but hopefully that'll be something. And it might be something that the, thing the, thing the pops. Pops. Yeah. You know, yeah. just the fact that you put it out there and then work on something else. And sometimes the way fate happens is the universe brings it back and you're like, holy moly, that was just something <laughs> I put out and wanted to do, but I didn't realize it was the thing now, you know? So yeah. good like for you, you for, good for writing different
3: things. It's got good responses. Like the editors will get back and they'll say, like when she first sent the first round out, they all were like, oh my God, we're so excited. But then it was just bad timing. Like it mm-hmm. was Labor Day weekend, basically. Um... So now everyone's saying, oh, we're,
2: we're going to probably read over the break. So we'll see. That's good. So, yeah. No, that's good. I was just thinking that sometimes, because every one of us has had a project that, specifically Lisa makes me think about your uh, Griselda Branca project before, finally, two years ago. What, oh my um, God, I, mean, I know. I mean, what, 15 years ago? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, you know what I mean? What, what we've known is every... And for every project you come out with that you're passing about, somebody else is too, you know. And that's why I always say it's about being first. If you could be first and be the one, then that's the thing. But the other thing is that takes the pressure off yourself, especially writing a book, is point of view. So if you you guys are blessed, you and your sister, to get some more success – Hollywood and the industry, the book uh, industry, you know, are going to want to hear your point of view on that topic, regardless of it being another book. Especially
4: if it's doing something eco-friendly and coming from someone who teaches outdoor science and one of those few Black female faces out there that's talking about science and conservation and being that face for a lot of people who aren't accustomed to seeing Black folk talk about those type of things that are important for humanity, um, That. That's a unique take, especially if I were Asian. That's what I'd say. Is like, what two black women, equal friendly fashion stuff? You know that kind of stuff. I would have hopped on in a long time ago and been like, okay, this is this is the lick, this is the move. It's a new market, it's a new thing. You know, in terms of broadening the voice of that. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And you said the other project, the other book that you wrote. Can you give us? Is it? Can you tell us the genre? Is it? I'm just curious.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's a thriller set in New York, Brooklyn um it's basically about um a girl who's living with her girlfriend they're engaged but they've been engaged for three years so like the other girl she's always finding a reason to just not go through with it and then Oh, it's not happening.
4: Three years, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you send a note to your fictional character and let sis know, sis, <laughs> it's time to, like...
3: <laughs> and, um, so the drama is that um, a neighbor moves into the apartment next door, like, that she shares a wall with, and she thinks he's a serial killer,
2: mm. and everything just goes out from there. Ooh, okay. let Okay. Nice okay. okay. All right. Awesome. cool. Well, thank y'all. This was a fun little episode. Um, we're going to have Saeed and some other uh, emerging writers on too with us, and everybody ended up getting busy all of a sudden. But Amber came through, as always. So oh, thank Yay, you, Amber.
4: Amber. Even though I, I hit her this morning
2: go, girl, come on the show with us. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, anyway, um, Amber, where can people find you out there?
3: So I'm on Twitter. And it's at Amber Sherelle, Amber A M B E R S H A R E L
2: L E. Awesome. You not on IG? I am.
3: Um. Wait, wait, wait. Say it
2: again.
3: Amber, Amber Shirelle. A M B E R S H A R E L <laughs> L mm-hmm. E. And then on <laughs> on IG, I'm. I'll spell it out too, because it's. This was the name of our blog, so it's at Goco Collective. So it's. G O C O C O L L.
0: Okay. Go
2: awesome. Co- Collective. Okay. Cool. That's for that. Where are you at, Chris Derek? <clears throat> uh,
0: you know, I'm at um, unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram.
2: Awesome. Lisa Lisa Coat Jam.
0: What fresh hell is this over on Twitter?
2: <laughs> awesome. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you guys listen to, Spotify, whatever, or everywhere. What else, Chris? Give them some news.
0: Oh, so we are being uh, sponsored by Finish Line Script Competition. You can you can apply to the script competition either on their site uh, finishlinescriptcomp uh, dot com or on our site on screenwritersrr.com. There'll that's be correct. a link on the main page that will take you directly to their page if that's easier for you to find. So it's screenwritersrr.com. dot com. There'll be there's a link up there with the with the graphic. Um, And you can get T-shirts, you can get mugs, you can support the Patreon page there as well. Uh, So that's you know, like I can help the show out in twenty twenty
2: one. Indeed. Oh, Chris, let me ask you a cool question. Do we have a photo? Remember the photo we have of the black girl with the the Uh Do we have Uh the new the new one?
0: Uh, No, but I'll do that tonight. Okay.
2: Okay. Cool. Yeah, we need that. Awesome. Um, Okay. Cool. Anyway, well, thank you again, Amber, Lisa, Chris. Good to see all you guys. Yes, yes, um, yes. And um, this might be the last one of this year, Chris, unless you have time to do any um, uh, bottles episodes. I'll be, I'll be in the mountains. I doubt if I'm going to get good reception up there. Yeah, yeah, else,
4: you know. yeah.
2: Uh, we we yeah. might come back like the first week of January or something. Okay, like that.
4: Let's, let's plan on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because so, I feel like it's, it's going to be a lot of stuff going on with everybody. So it's like, you know what?
0: I get it, man.
4: I get it. So um anyway, am I muted? No. No, you're I hear
2: oh. you. Oh that no, 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 sorry. So anyway, so uh, I wanna wish everybody out there who listened to the show um a happy holidays. Yes. Good Christmas and all that. Hope all is hope you guys have an amazing time um with your families and you know, everybody stay Rona free. That's a shirt right there, Rona Free. Rona Free. Free. (laughs) Rona Free, (laughs)
4: bitches.
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. uh, Be safe out there. And, um, you know, hopefully 2021 will be a better year for everyone. So, all the love to everybody. You guys joining with me, you know how we do it on the rant room. On this show, we keep it real. Mm. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, y'all? What?
1: What Forever.
4: Yeah. Ciao, ciao, people. Be safe.
1: So you wanna be a writer? Well, you gotta be a writer till your fears are diminishing and the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rant room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes they miss the Never have to guess when you're listening to you He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your penning words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want.